The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hi, I'm Trevor Flynn. I'm Jack Newman. And I'm Ben Haworth, and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast, the uh, uh, one where three white people talk about a movie about the Black Panthers and try their hardest to not step in it. <laughs> I, uh, I feel a little bit awkward. I ain't gonna lie. Yeah, I, yeah, I feel this... a little bit awkward. I want to talk about this. More people should go see this, but like, I feel a little awkward. <laughs> yeah, it's, a, it's an intense, uh, intense film and, and, and feels like sort of a, we'll talk about kind of this current era of revisiting 60s protest movements and um, all that involved. But uh, first, let's just talk about what it is. We are talking about Judas and the Black Messiah, which premiered on HBO Max, was going to premiere in uh, theaters at the end of 2020 for a qualifying run, but then they got pushed back. And so it does count as one of the big Oscar plays, uh, kind of one of the late Oscar plays that's coming out and uh, one of these big movies that HBO Max uh, scored. It's the third of their big movies that they've released after Wonder Woman and The Little Things. Um, and it stars uh, Daniel Kaluuya as uh, famed and uh, assassinated leader of the Chicago area Black Panthers, Fred Hampton. And uh, also stars uh, Lakeith Stanfield. Uh, it's head of a, so we have a get out <laughs> reteam here mm-hmm. with as uh, William Bill O'Neill, who is an FBI informant who... Uh, Many people say it was basically the one who uh, set up uh, Fred Hampton to get killed by the FBI. Um, you mm-hmm. also got a, a laundry list of great actors in here. Jesse Plemons, uh, Dominique Fishback, Martin Sheen in a very strange <laughs> makeup as uh, Jager Hoover. So Little Ray Howard uh, and many, many other great actors. It's directed by Shaka King. It's the second film screenplay by William Burson, who I know was trying to write this forever uh, and also by Shaka King. Um, and a cinematography is by Sean Bobbitt, who did all of the previous um, Steve McQueen movies, which is why I was watching this movie. He's like, why does this look so goddamn good? And I was like, there you go. Um, ah, very talented yeah. cinematographer and also explains why he was not doing a small X because I guess he was doing this instead. Mm-hmm. Uh, music by Mark Isham and Craig Harris and produced and distributed by Warner Brothers. So, yeah, sorry, I was, you're going to say something, Jack, before we uh, get started? No, here? I was just going to say, like, as somebody who's been, you know, it's been helping me through hard times by rewatching The West Wing, uh, watching Martin Sheen be J. Edgar Hoover feels like a personal attack on me, which probably <laughs> probably means that he's well cast, that it does feel like a personal attack by the symbolism of just like, you know, it's, yeah, it's like it's very like when you get uh, Michael Keaton to play Birdman. It, like it works, right? Like there's like a certain mm, amount mm-hmm. of like, uh, I True. think there is like a certain amount of like, uh, it's, I think it's intentional and I think it works. Like I'm playing, I mean, it's like the fact, I feel like that might be this, the, the key to this movie is like every time I maybe feel a little bit attacked, it's probably because it's working and doing a good thing, but just maybe a, not, but I'm using attacked in a weird sort of way. Oh, it's already starting. Anyways, I'm sorry. That's <laughs> <laughs> all right. And uh, I was just trying to find who has, there's been a lot of people who betrayed him uh, in in movies, and but also a lot of comedy ones. But I think it's very interesting that like the two that you kind of uh, the most notable actors who played him are like Leonardo DiCaprio and Martin Sheen, two actors who I cannot separate their voices or their faces from their portrayals. And this is one where it's like 
I'm sorry, when you cast Martin Sheen, I'm just going to hear the eyewitness video guy or I'm going to hear the, uh, uh, you know, President Bartlett. You know, I'm not going to not hear that. He's got such an iconic voice. Um, so yeah. I found that uh, I think you're right. that It has to be some level of purposefulness because um, similar to Get Out casting, uh, what's his name from, uh, from also from the West Wing, who played like the nicest guy on the West Wing as like the, the sinister dad was like very purposeful. It felt like and Catherine Keener. It's like. I picked the two mm-hmm. nicest wasps <laughs> possibly could and uh, made them evil, sinister people. Um, so, yeah, this is a, an interesting film. It is very intense. It is not um, shying away from the violence of both the Black Party Panther Party as well as the violence portrayed onto the Black Panther Party. It has multiple scenes of shootouts and violence against both black people and violence against white police officers. It is very aggressively in your face about this kind of intense history. So I guess my first start is what did you think about this? Cause I, I do some a little about the black Panther party, but I didn't know quite as much as I did, nor did I have kind of a grasp of how intense they were in comparison to, you know, people now say, Black Lives Matter should be a terrorist organization, blah, blah, blah. And that is much more, exactly, it's much more ridiculous and insane. But, like, I can see, in some respects, the terror that they caused. And I can also see very much the horrific reaction against them and how awful it was, you know. So, I guess I'm curious, how do you think they did in terms of portraying that and and walking that fine line? Uh, ultimately, I I think it's good. I mean, I think that, uh, uh, yeah, like, first off, it's one of those things where it's like, I I, rapidly, and as we've kind of aged, there's like a realization that like a certain amount of history is just not taught in America for like more things that are happening. And like, and it's one of those things where it's like, you know, it's more of a footnote to history, the the, like, you know, the Black Panther Party. And it's one of those things where it's like, I know enough to kind of get the outline, but I think a lot of these events, and it's like, kind of more putting a face on it is important for just for contextualizing history and like you know this was something where it's like it's one thing to like it, it is a thing to like normalize it because they are strictly speaking in terms of historical and most modern american classrooms taught of as quote unquote the black terrorist like yes. organization mm-hmm. and that is still kind of like the footnote so like putting a putting a uh, you know and just like kind of taking a step back and being like this was a reasonable reaction to what was happening to black people at the time even though it may have engendered more violence and the reaction to them was more violence it was a reasonable thing for people to stand up and try to organize in such a fashion as this well right and i think the, that's the, thing. the it's, basic it, it's thing kind of, of them like patrolling the patrols right yeah yeah like you know one thing this film doesn't talk about because it's based in chicago but famously this is the start of the gun rights movement, which is kind of crazy. Like the Black Panthers yeah. were open carrying in California and Ronald Reagan was terrified of that. And so he made a rule against uh, open carry. And then that was kind of the start of the NRA. It's like this very strange thing where the Black mm-hmm. Panther Party existed for a very short time, but had this kind of long impact right, right. after its mm-hmm. dissolution and the- because of its violent destruction, particularly with Fred Hampton. You know, a lot of elements of it have this ripple effect in history. The the effect of it is, is is longer than the spread to which people were actually members, and that's that's just you know because it is the thing that is talked about. Even though, like, if you actually look at the foot, like, kind of kind of the footprint of who actually were Black Panther members, it's much smaller 
than you think. And, and that's not to say anything against it or anything that happened. It's just one of those things where it's like the fear reaction in white America was was insane. Like disproportionate, and, right? Yeah, right. Oh, absolutely. And I think yeah. I think what this film does very well, which I think is is very smart, is focusing and why Fred Hampton is an interesting figure in general is is because the white America. And and also why the they've wanted to make a Fred Hampton movie for decades and it's taken a long time to come out for that very reason is um, because I think Fred Hampton, they do a good job in portraying this movie that he is much more focused on class struggle than race struggle. It's the, it's the thing Lyndon Johnson said, you know, it's like if you convince someone, uh, I don't want to misquote him. So let me find it here. Cause it's a great, great quote. Uh, race, but basically it's the, this, uh, a, here it is. Um, if you convince the lowest white man he's better than the best colored man, he won't notice you're picking his pocket. Right. Which is yeah, his kind of quote, point. because Lyndon Johnson was very much similarly focused on class is more important than race, in a sense. And Martin Luther King actually fought with him about this a lot. And ben, it's still a And I'm going to stop you. You're yeah. you're you may want to check your microphone real fast. You, there's been two times where your microphone just kicked up really high. So just check your file real quick for me. I'm so okay. sorry, Ben. I just I don't want I don't want to go through this whole thing and just have crazy yeah things happening. Maybe just high on. It maybe just zoom maybe zoom. correcting you yeah so you may just want to I think if you go to uh, video settings there should be or sorry uh, audio settings there should be a uh, automatically uh -huh. yeah uh -huh. yeah yeah I think it's yeah it's adjusted got it perfect right. okay cool cool cool. Thank you. For right, that. Did you? No, 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 no. I didn't want to get to the end and us be like, ah, we got to refilm. That'd be not. No, that's right. <laughs> so I'll just come back in with some more thoughts. One, thanks, thanks, thanks. That's nine forty-nine. Um, so Fred Hampton, yeah, is, is a controversial figure, but I think in particular what they do very well is focusing on his, in a sense, socialist or at the very least, sign of class-based struggles, focusing on that, which I think makes him more interesting and more of an uh, they do a better job i think of of portraying why j Edgar hoover was so afraid of him in this sense mm -hmm. of like he truly did feel like the kind of revolutionary that could start if not a civil war a civil insurrection you know a, a level of of violence that the americans were not ready for now again is that is that pure white fear unclear and that's part of the the thing with this movie is it has very little interest in why Jager Hoover wanted to destroy him so badly, which is fair. I think it's mostly just a thing of like Hoover comes in and ominously says, let's, you know, what does he say? Eliminate or remove him from the situation or some very yeah, it's, oh, it's like, vague it's, bureaucratic but, term. No, it's, uh, it's, I, fuck. It's uh, neutralize, I believe. Neutralize. Yes. Yeah. Neutralize by any means necessary. Um, Anyways, I'm, I'm mostly rambling here. So, uh, Trevor, what did you think of uh, how the film kind of handled history? Yeah, I want to say, well, I mean, I didn't know anything about Fred Hampton, really. Um, so I definitely learned about the Black Panther Party in this movie. I don't know that I had a huge um, like epiphany about it. Cause like you, you, you know, I had that earlier growing up, you know, you, it's like Jack was saying, you don't really hear about it other than in this kind of like, kind of, Oh, they were more the violent faction kind of, 
uh, <laughs> mindset. And it's kind of a footnote. And I, I don't know what it was like a few years ago. There's like a Ken Burns documentary that I got directed to at some point that I was like, oh, yeah, they don't teach you about the like the breakfast <laughs> that they were like because they, you know, because that and that was that whole thing was influenced by the study that like, you know, kids don't learn if they go to school hungry. And so that was like it wasn't just like feeding them for, you know, as part of the whole idea. And, uh, yeah, so I didn't, it wasn't, it was educational for me is what I'm trying to say, but it didn't like blow my mind in terms of how much more I learned about the Black Panther movement. I think the film has this, um, crime thriller kind of setup, which is very gripping and I, I enjoyed it very much. And I was like totally on board the whole time in the movie. Um, I, I don't necessarily know, I'm saying that I wanted to like find out more uh, about the Black Panthers like in this film, but just uh, in terms of like like the the history lesson I valued and like the thriller aspect I valued for sure. I mean, it's already a better thriller than the small things. I'll tell you that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I don't know that. I still haven't much. seen the little That's, things because everyone's like the little eh. things. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I, you know, I did learn a lot about it. I think my biggest takeaway in terms of just like reacting to the history of it then would be like that fucking epilogue <laughs> when, uh, it, that epilogue is like devastating. I mean, we've had a whole slew of between like Chicago seven and mangrove, mm -hmm. like how impactful mm -hmm. the epilogue can be on these type of stories. And this one uh, knocks it out of the park because you find out that he was 21. <laughs> and you're just yeah. like, Jesus. <laughs> that I did not know. That was the big. Yeah, uh, no, they yeah, they hold that back for a reason. You're right. It's one of those key mm -hmm. things where you you were like, you know, you want that emotional punch to be much stronger than if it's in in the beginning of the film to say he's 21 and he's already done all these things, you know. Mm -hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh, this is an interesting film for me because I think it is sometimes when you have a film like this, when you're dealing with, you know, a figure that you want to do forever and has been probably 800 scripts been written about him by this point and dozens of directors have wanted to do it, you know, kind of thing. It, it, it often is hard to feel an authoritative spark into it and the only ones i really see are the ones who like fight for that to exist i mean the most exit climb example i can think of is like um um malcolm x by spike lee malcolm x was going to be directed by a white director and spike lee literally wrote the went and like protested the mm -hmm. um studio to be like you can't do this i have my own malcolm x script let me do it like let a black director who has like made this masterpiece you know um and it's braggadocious and crazy but i think malcolm x is like incredible um and i think often you get to the point that these can kind of feel like history lessons. Now I agree with Trevor that this is more thrillery and more exciting. And certainly the, the two leads, I think Danica and the Keith Stanfield are two of my favorite actors, like young actors. They're both in their, you know, thirties, early thirties. They're both our age, which I was like, God damn it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, 
they're they're some of my favorite actually watch on screen and i think they just have an incredible uh chemistry to him kalia especially just i don't know maybe it's just the makeup he didn't look quite like he usually does to me like he felt like did he, he was... seem like incredibly buff to you in this movie compared to when you've seen him is? before that's, that's <laughs> what he, I kept he definitely he definitely is less uh he's definitely or i think he's a little pudgier too i think he had like a little bit of a I think he's general chomp weight somewhere in general. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's definitely, he definitely is transformative. And I think that's the thing that we're just kind of learning about him now is that Mm -hmm. you see him in different roles and he, he's not, he's, he's not approaching, like he is approaching like Gary Oldman levels of like personality change. And you're like, was that Gary Oldman? I don't really fucking know (laughs) if that was Gary Oldman or not. He's he's not quite there, but he's like, he's getting there. It's like one of those things where he like, he shows up and you're like, I, I did not know that the star from get out was here. And that's, what we'll always think of him as but like i think that he's he's starting to approach well, he's some got, of his he's getting past eyes. it my point yeah, yeah. it's the eyes because yeah. he's got such striking eyes and they use it so well and get out and uh so yeah. that's what would see me but sometimes it was hard for me to remember and i think his voice is different too i mean it's a really really good performance it, overall. he's definitely yeah. studied and based on on I, there's very little footage well there is footage of like fred hampton but i definitely think that he's done he's done a, an interpretation here he's not gone straight in for the direct interpretation because there's not much of a chicago accent to it but i do think he's like mm-hmm. i think he's gone in for performance based he's not trying to pull a meryl streep here which i think is appropriate because i want to understand him and uh have, like pure chicago and accents are like well just watch the wire it's great but it's it's you know <laughs> you know it's, it's a very specific thing yeah it's a yeah it's a very very specific way of talking how about that yeah and he is british too i think is he not yeah that's gotta be brutal yeah we, he's we, british too so it's like you know he's 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 trying to do not only an american accent but a chicago american accent that's that we, can we go right a, into parody we are a mm-hmm. country divided by like a couple hundred miles and you can speak like 12 different accents versions of english so it's like one of those things where it's like we give british people crap and i was like actually they really only have like maybe five or six real different ways of speaking it i don't know that's probably not true well but, british yeah british is very specific where like as soon as someone starts talking they're like oh you're from Yorkshire like they just know exactly where you're from it's like exactly right like there's, there's you know it's it's the size of like fucking North Carolina like there's less there's less like regional <laughs> differentiation like I don't, I don't mean to be like flippant about it but like it's a smaller place right it, like, is. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like, it is what it is <laughs> This is like the the electric not not a not it's a defense but the electricity grid of like you know Texas is bigger but that's only because you know not more people but it's yeah yeah let's talk about electric grids yeah that sounded like a defense that was not my (laughs) intention no I know you were I know you were I've just I've heard enough about Texas electric grids for one lifetime I never wanted to learn about them and I've had to learn more about them in a month (laughs) (laughs) I had to learn how to say ERPCOT that's dumb (laughs) yep yep it's fun to be like oh. Okay, that's another thing that's sure. broken about here. <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's great. <laughs> um, Watch, watching so, Ted Cruz get flamed was pretty fun, though. Oh, it was go pretty good. Uh, yeah. He he got an interview on our local news, and he was uh, just awful at it, and it was really funny to watch him squirm every Ted time Cruz, the person awful. like. Yep. Yep. Um, so back to this uh, film. What do you guys think about? focusing so much of it on this you know the, the film i was reminded of is a film called donnie brasco which is suddenly oh. an, an informant movie um with uh, johnny depp and al pacino pretty good movie um where where johnny depp is the fbi informant now this is different where it's like a, a regular guy that they hire to uh become an, an informant of the black panther party but uh 
What'd you kind of think of this this element of focusing on him versus just making it Fred Hampton and kind of focusing more on the Keith? It definitely seems second. It's definitely like it's I understand there's like a primary A plot and a B plot. And the problem is that you realize a lot of the history of the Black Panther Party, which is the region that we're trying to we probably engaged to this to the extent that we did is because of the B plot, which is Fred Hampton and the Black Panther Party. The A plot story is supposed to be a miniature story of how somebody can be in the wrong but they're essentially manipulated by the system and it's like in miniature of like you know it's it's in miniature of history of saying like you know everybody's like well they were wrong and blah 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 which is kind of in miniature to quote unquote the black panther party sorry i'm trying to explain this it's all it's it's, i think it's a great concept because it's still all about exploitation right like exactly right Mm -hmm. it's about him being exploited and it's about them being exploited and also like there might be some element of wrongdoing on both sides in terms of violence and perception of violence but that is totally secondary to what is actually happening which is he's being exploited to create more violence and by extension the black panther party the violence that comes from the exploitation of its existence is so much greater well you can see so much too like about the way it's all very much a game to the fbi when they have that part where they talk about the guy who killed somebody and they're housing him and they're like no Mm -hmm. don't pick him up the more places he goes to, the more we can charge them with aiding a felon, you know, or whatever. So it's not so much of like, you know, this, 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 <sighs> let's get justice now. It's like, let's you know, strategically take apart the Black Panther Party in very right, which is and like, specific yeah. way. Like when they literally lock up Fred Hampton for stealing ice cream or whatever, like it's, it's, it's absurd, but they know it's absurd. Yeah, the absurdity. Right, is they the don't point. care. They're just, the cruelty it's is their the justification. Point. They don't yeah. need any justification. They just roll with it. They're just like, yep, we're doing this for, yeah. Um, so, so Jack, uh, sorry, no, go ahead. No, I think, no, I think no, no, right. it, thematically it works, right? I, I think for me, you can see the connection there. I do feel like that is one of maybe the weaknesses of the structure of the movie is that I kind of want a little bit more of Lakeith Stanfield's character in terms of, I mean, we get inside his head, we see his nightmares and all that, but I don't feel like he gets quite enough to work with in terms of like where it's all implied and that's fine. And I can read that the whole black Panther movement and civil rights movement. It's implied that he is, you know, he's boosting cars as a way of survival because he's a black man in the social theory of crime. That's all kind of there. And what, Fred Hampton is talking about. I kind of wanted a little bit stronger of a connection drawn for that a little bit, uh, maybe to, to tie those two sides of the movie together. I wanted maybe a little bit more. And that's one of the other things too, when I realized how young they are at the end of the movie in the epilogue, I was like, Oh, he was like 17. (laughs) And this FBI guy is holding a prison sentence over him. That hits a lot harder and it's just kind of a completely different psychological place of a young man trying to like to find like where he fits in society and and, and right. all that. Like it's just like it's just like, you know, it's also like using the in like the like it less it, the other thing too is like the way they like jacked up it's just fucked the way they jacked up like the level of crime by like saying oh, you impersonated a federal officer, so twenty five years. Like, you know, it's it's like one of those I, I forget mm-hmm. what the exact thing was five but, years, yeah. But it, it, yeah, it was no, but they stacked years and years and years based on just like looking at every detail of the crime and just trying going through the book and trying to throw it at him. They're like, hey, we can fuck you or you can do what we want. Like it, mm-hmm. it is what it is like that's And that's sort of like 
that's the presentation of some of this man i have, i am also learning a lot about the new black panther party which is just it's yeah just i had kind no of idea things. they were at the blm protests i had no idea well no that's thing. not the new black panther party i want to make this clear sorry i was sending a thing in the chat yeah, where i was talking wild. about there was black panther party members at blm protests who actually showed up armed with ar-15s and uh, flak vex at the things and that's 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 actually very alarming to me <laughs> like i'm sorry like i, I don't want to like i don't want to say anything against it but that is like a, a little bit different but there are also like according there's also like the new black panther party which is different from the black panther party which the southern poverty law center says is a virulent racist anti-semitic organization whose leaders now have encouraged violence against whites jews and law enforcement officers so like it's i guess there's like a there is like a strong definitional because like this is spun out after the fact because like what is the black panther party versus the new black panther party sorry i don't know any enough to fucking talk about any of this no i have no expertise it's, it's similar to how i learned about the nra got taken over like the nra was a hunting organization that got taken over by radical conservative right, right. anti-gun people yeah. like it, they used to be they, there's actually like a, there's actually like an organization of like kind of the old hunters that are like yeah this is unreasonable i just wanted a <laughs> rifle they can be a single shot i don't care <laughs> Exactly. Like, who's, the NRA is like, if you don't have 500 round magazines, it's communist Russia. Right, right, right. He's like these guys, these like regular, like old days, like hunters that are out in the booties are like, no, my uh, my uh, single bolt action rifle is good enough for me. Yeah, 22, <laughs> exactly. 22 magazines. I just wanted to sit around with my buddies and drink some cognac. <laughs> or just, uh, yeah, this is, uh, I don't know who this character is. I'm I don't sorry. know. It's a great <laughs> he, character. He wasn't, he, he wasn't Southern. <laughs> <laughs> that was what was important to me is that he like the, the redneck not be southern for once <laughs> i appreciate that i appreciate no, I got- that. He's more of a northern like rich guy yeah, yeah, yeah. he's from maine <laughs> i don't know what what that is i'm so sorry well, my, well um, what i would ask you jack is what you thought of visually of this movie because sean Bobbitt is one great. of those guys i like a lot but i'm curious yeah. what you thought of like it's great that's and it's also what the thing is like i thought this is a stressful fucking movie and it's yeah uh, it's a it's a tough it, two hours it's it's a rough it's a rough time sitting there and it's and it's designed to be that way and it's designed to make you uncomfortable and squirm and they are very successfully from a visual standpoint of doing that like frankly in terms of tilt shotting and shotting and just like a lot of visual close-ups but also just sort of like just really good crowd work with like each of the Mm -hmm. crowds every time you're in a crowd there's like an oppressive nature to the crowd and watching him like being there she's like he it gives this really intense sense of being part of a movement that's like they get they get the camera like right down there in the crowd and you have everybody with their hands up and it's like you can't see past the forest of hands and it's just and it's like him versus him looking through the crowd that scene is fantastic they do such a good job you know because the, the black panthers you know part of the uh, dealing with the fact that they were very smart about iconography and like when you see dozens of them marching with the same colored vests and same colored you know, code and the and the beret and like all marching in unison and kind of lockstep. It it feels like emotionally very intense. And I think Baba does such a good job. Plus he just he, he always has this nice cool blue palette that's very like, I don't know, kinda uh uh it's it's like a mix of Michael Mann and Terrence Malick. I don't know. I like it a lot. It's he's just one of those it's one of the things where I was like, "Is this, uh, is this, is this all uh, Steve McQueen?" I'm like, "No, Sean Bobbitt's very talented." <laughs> no, watching not to say Shaq King is talented too. I'm sure he's very talented with the camera as well, but I just haven't seen his other film, so I can't say for sure. Um, but thank you for that. I just needed to nerd out about uh, 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 nerdy stuff. Um, 
I'm not sure what else there's to say other than I'm really happy Jesse Plemons. I'm just happy when he shows up. I'm just he's one of those guys where it's like after Breaking Bad, I was like, how are they going to cast this guy? He's like had a unique face. He's got a fascinating presence and he just continues to show up and stuff in great roles. And I'm very happy for him. It's just one of those guys I'm rooting for. And you know, I want to say this, too, as a guy who's got a plump face and like he's ripped, right? Like he's ripped, but he's just always got a plump face, and I love it. He's I'm been just, both overweight sitting. and not overweight, depending on the roles. He's been in Fargo, where he's overweight, and then in, yeah, and then in Friday Night Lights, where he's very underweight, and yeah. he's just he's got a round his, face. <laughs> his face is his face, and I'm just very happy that it exists. But also, he he just is very much associated with KKK and murdering. <laughs> so I know he's like he's so funny. He's like been a stooge in so many things, and in I'm thinking of any things. He's like the ultimate loser in a sense or something. Like certainly an element of it, I guess. Like, I, oh, I want to make a clear distinction too, because literally like I was learning in real time about the new Black Panther Party and the things and I talked about it a little bit. There is a huge difference between the original Black Panther Party and the new Black Panther Party. And, you know, original <laughs> members of the Black Panther Party have highly criticized the new Black Panther Party. So there is a huge difference. Go inform yourself. Uh, if that, I mean, if that's at the end of the day, that's all I'm going to fucking say about this movie is that like you know it was it is taking a thing humanizing it into context because it's like one of those things where it's like especially him as a kid getting sucked into this scenario it's one of those things where it's like i've done dumber things than him well maybe i mean it's pretty dumb what he you know the impersonating an officer bit but like i've done dumb things like i could very easily see you know in terms of that like it humanizes the whole experience of somebody being trapped into the cyclone of what is this this like racial war that was brewing and what it means and the violence that it breathes all around it so like it is and it's also just a great experience just to kind of like go that and you know what you know what what, i'm not necessarily sure the movie was better at at informing me than the two and a two to three hours of wikipediaing i did afterwards which yeah yeah yeah, wikipedia is not a primary source it is what it is but you know what i don't know it's yeah i like wikipedia too yeah it's the funny thing about wikipedia to me is that in high school i had a teacher go and remember don't use wikipedia for a source and i was like what the fuck is wikipedia and i went and i went on wikipedia and i was like oh this is all i'm ever gonna use now again thank you teacher (laughs) you've made me a worse student for telling me that this exists well then in college i learned okay i go and i read the wikipedia article and then i go get this source that's like a little harder to read that has basically the same information i can pretend i can put that yes 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 yes, exactly exactly kind of start like that Oh, if I'm a teacher, I need to make sure to assign movies. If ever I'm a film teacher, assign movies that have bad Wikipedia pages. I gotta look for the ones that have like really weak Wikipedia pages that don't have like a theme or anything in it. God, God damn, Martin Luther King was great. Jesus, sorry, I was, I've like, I've like gone down a rabbit hole to the like to the black supremacy page, and then I'm like reading Martin Luther King quotes, and it's like a doctrine of black supremacy is as dangerous as a doctrine of white supremacy. God is not interested in the freedom of black men or brown men or yellow men. God is interested in freedom of the whole human race, the creation of society. God damn. Yeah, he's really fucking smart. <laughs> a lot well, of these people like, you don't really read, well, you don't read smart. So, you don't read it, and then you read some of the secondary quotes, and you're just like. Fuck shit. I mean, I think it's uh, this is the the thing. Maybe, that maybe really... don't call people yellow men, but I mean, you know, no, it's, it's, you know, it's, he's trying. Um, and I, I think it's like the thing of like, I think that what this one does very well, which it makes you very angry, and I think it's probably its best message is just how systemically they they took all the best thinkers and and people of that era, the black 
black leaders of that era and killed them like or put them in jail or oppressed them or you know we saw that in chicago seven and that's what that's what i want to end with is why do you think right now we are because both chicago seven and this chicago seven only briefly mentions fred hampton but it is talked about he does get killed in the course of the film they they mention it and bobby seal has a you know very angry reaction to it when he hears obviously um and this is obviously entirely about the black panther party so like why do you think now we are kind of like re-instigating this this 60s era political movement is it just as simple as like black lives matter has been so big and obviously became way bigger and more impactful this year than it was even before but has been a huge cultural motion for the last four or five years or is there something else that just about the timing or people growing up or why now (laughs) can can i be honest about what i genuinely think trump is such a Lazy uh, I, you know, I, I forgot they were all made in the Trump era. God yeah, damn it. Trump, of course. Trump is, <laughs> Trump is such a lazy form of racism that it's all made us just take a step back and kind of look at this. And it's like the fact that this was the fact that it was possible has just made everybody go, man, we're fucked. Like, and that's I think that's is the thing is like we're now I think people are more open to the notion that government has been fucking us than ever before. Mm. And that's like and that's mm. like a thought process is that like you know at the end of the day all these people and all these government it didn't happen easily that he became president like it happened because it happened it happened because there's a systemic racism and other things that he fed into and it's like kind of everybody's like you know a, a very reasonable portion of america is going i mean have we always been fucked and then you read other things and you're like oh we've been fucked yeah okay cool yeah. i get you yeah the, uh, the big reveal just transparently evil the fbi was in the early days like i kind of knew Wait, wait, I, that that I knew. The, the history of Hoover is like Hoover was crazy evil. Like, like that's the that's the that's the Nixon Uber. Yeah, Nixon and and like that era was just like cartoonishly over involved in everything. Like, like to the, to the point negativity. The point that like, when you find out that Hoover may have been a secret homosexual and very was a cross dresser and like had a lot of repressed sexuality issues, and you're like, you made that up. That's some shit you put in a Hollywood movie. That didn't actually happen. Like, it's just uh, the level of absurdity of how shitty Hoover was, was like, and not the cross-dressing inherently shitty. I'm saying the fact that he oppressed gay people and, and uh, minorities and then himself denied that. Is that an actual thing? He did. Jesus Christ, man. Like, especially. And then he led like like one of the biggest purging of gay people in the government ever. And like, he's, you know, huge, huge piece of shit. of the space that I inhabited growing up was, you know, the more I was educated, not from school, but <laughs> by, and not necessarily from films like those either, but from the discussions around them more than anything. I think, um, yeah, I, I think it's, it's kind of an inevitability that we're doomed to repeat history if we don't learn from it, as the, uh, you know, not to be completely cliche, yeah, to answer the question. Yeah. The the other thing too, I'll say is that it's made me kind of, one of the things I think is amazing about this film is that it, 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 
very successfully made me understand why a person would be violent or interested in violence in terms of this position. And then it made me even more thankful to the existence of BLM on the Sumsec, uh, like especially specifically Martin Luther King, but I also mean just like in terms of like the fact that somebody's going to go out there and get shot in the face with a rubber bullet and is not going to then turn violent in such a way, but continue to protest peacefully. It just makes me like kind of appreciative of like what that means. And it's important that we recognize what that means and what the kind of like that level of bravery is as well as much as like i i agree with like remembering the history of the black panthers i think that i want to sit here and say like clearly blm is a better movement and it's like one of those and maybe okay that's a, i said as a white person so maybe that's my take so yeah, again I not a place to say that Fuck. Black people to be so much more restrained and react so much better right. than we would ever have possibly as white fans. Nope, 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 nope. Yeah. We're angry assholes. That is kind of my oeuvre. Yeah. Thanks. No, the, the end no, of I'm, just kidding, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, Set you yeah. up. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please well, continue. I, I think also, you know, it's. I think it does a good job of showing, you know, the, the difference in the time, you know, also, I mean, part of the whole thing of the police, the police is that nobody was watching the police and saying that they were doing these terrible things that black people were constantly. And now we have cell phones and that is policing the police, you know, in a sense, it's not with a gun, but it is, you know, with this new ability to instantly film and share uh, something terrible an officer is doing you know i just saw a video today of an officer plant possibly planting drugs and you know that is now instant you know you, that person in 20 years ago would say they planted drugs on me and they say well everyone says that you know what i mean so it's like i i i i i think this film does a good job of showing like as 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 intense and and crazy and 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 violent it could get it 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 felt in many ways that there wasn't an easier answer, you know, in some respects. And you see why certain people were very much feeling like the Black Panther Party was the right answer over the nonviolent answer and 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 how much that disagreement was the case. Now, this isn't a, a movie that's like One Night in Miami. One Night in Miami is similarly a movie about like six four different views of black liberation coming together and arguing with each other and it's pretty interesting um if a little bit stagey but worth worth watching but uh this is more trying to be just a, a semi-straightforward just document of of what it felt like in that time and i guess that's also why i don't love it 100 i like it a lot but i think my ultimate take is that like i I find it a little cold in a sense and just in terms of thematically. I think it's very well shot and directed and, and acted. I guess it just doesn't quite stick with me the way something like a, a Malcolm X does. Or, or a, Oh, yeah, yeah. You know. No, um, yeah. I It's a good movie. I'm not going to hold it up with kind of the likes of like that. All right. Well, shall we uh, score this yeah, thing? Yeah, let's do it. I'm, I'm very curious where we are. Uh, I, I'll just go ahead and just say real quick because I basically gave my point and I'll just give it a, a 7.5. Um, again, great performances, good direction. Really like it. I think I just wanted a little bit more 
to chew on by the end. But I think it's a valuable film to watch. I think it's an important part of history and I think it dramatizes it very well. And um, yeah, I think we had a good conversation about it. And I think it'll similarly start good conversations. The only thing I'd say is I kind of wish I'd seen it in the theater because it's very well shot and it's got these really nice visuals. And, and, and I think, you know, that ending is very intense and I wanted to look away and I kind of looked at my phone once or twice. I tried not to, but you know, it's, it's kind of easy when you're at home and you could go and do laundry and separate yourself from this movie. And I kind of just wanted to be in it for two hours. You know, I paused it twice. I definitely did. I had to like, I had to like take a step back and be like, let me go do some dishes and like take a shit. I gotta, I gotta like get away <laughs> from this for a minute. Yeah. It, it, it definitely yeah. is like, it definitely is like, look, look, looky into the horror and like, and like just permit, you know, it's, it's definitely like, but I, I'm, I'm, there's, that's not a criticism. That is an endorsement from a movie for me, especially one that yeah. like makes me feel this awkward and this things. It is what it is and you should experience it and you should check it out. And that's definitely what you should try uh, to be a part of. I, I will say it is kind of more intentionally from my point giving me it's not really giving me things to chew on so much like i wish that it more engaged with its history of violence and tried to like contextualize the violence more because i do like that it does that to some extent it doesn't do that entirely because the movie goes on and more about it, it becomes more of a thriller at some points than it is like really uh really about following through on the meaning and i think that it is a very very good movie i do think it is more successfully a crystallizing a point in history and presenting it and for conversations of like and i feel like we you have more conversations about going deeper diving like you know i'm learning about the new black panther party and the black panther party and the difference and the huge difference that exists between them and all these other things and it's just like man i'm really glad that i experienced this thing but i don't necessarily know that the piece in of itself began the discussion for me it just maybe taught me a little bit about history and about this and it just very intensely kind of crystallized the sense of violence of an error and just kind of and kind of the horror of it and kind of put it forward for us and allowed us to experience it in small part so to that end an eight uh definitely definitely for definitely a big chunk of that bringing it up for me is cinematography and performances and just man just stress just a lot of stress i agree with ben entirely i think this would have been transformative in a movie theater where you couldn't very easily look away i agree with that in terms of the movies that you can look away it changes the factors of a movie uh not being able to look away from this would have left me like emotionally destroyed by the end of it. And I think that's probably what I should have done. Not what I was capable of doing in my own home. <laughs> well, that leaves me. Not to compare like all films about black exploitation the same necessarily, but I think especially the fact that you're a cinematographer, Having just watched the Small Axe series, uh, was reminded of Name Grove a lot during similar themes, similar, similar kind of dramatic question at the heart of it. I mean, it's like, what, you know, what is the cost of the cost of it? And multiple characters in both those films kind of ask, what is this really worth, you know, kind of, kind of thing? Like, where is the line? What am I willing to risk that makes a very better future thing? And I just feel like Name Grove did that. That one thing, obviously this movie has a lot of different things to do, uh, a little better than the other. Um, and like I said earlier, I kind of did want more from the Ricky um, Stanfield's character's kind of like point of view. I mean, that book ending with him in the interview is devastating, and I enjoy that. I just think, especially when you see the second one, and just the non, like, just the, just the non-sequitur kind of way he responded, like, 
not not rejected, I'm going to say it, just, just the unreality, like the surrealness of that response, knowing that he committed suicide shortly after, is, is so much more, un, it's a, it is unfairly such, so much more intimate and impactful than a lot of what I think maybe with the extent that it gets to be I mean, it's still a very good performance, and I still enjoy it. And it still works to accomplish what you need to have. So I think that's just my interpretation of the movie. It's also hard for me to separate though, the impact of the history and the history lesson from like the film and what the film itself was constructing in the field. And that's, that's kind of what I kept thinking about after. And what I remember thinking during the movie is like, is he still? And then you see he's still wearing a wire. And it's like, oh God, where is he? Like, like. You know, it's, it's hmm. that classic thing of like someone, how much are they lying to themselves? You know, it's an old trope, but like how much they're lying to themselves to like be a successful cover type of thing. And I was just so ready for us to dive so much more deeply into that discussion. So much fun. Uh, what was your score, Trevor? Seven. Seven, seven point five, and an eight. Alrighty, so that means the total, the final movie game podcast gives Judas and the Black Messiah a seven point five overall, yeah. which I think is fair. Um, check Jack, that shit out. Yeah, it's very interesting. It's on HBO Max now until March, so uh, if you have HBO Max, definitely check it out. Um, I just watched a pretty good TCM movie on there. It's a good list yeah. of films on there. It's it's a good streamer. I, I I I am starting to like them like quite a bit better, honestly. Like I've I've had some things about them and some other things that they've done, but man, do they man do I keep going back there for shit? Do you know what I mean? Like it's one of those things where it's like you you can you can I understand like getting upset about all the streaming services but man it is nice and uh, you can watch the uh, favorite film of jack newman and trevor flynn earwig and the th whatever honestly <laughs> i have to admit there was yeah i was about to say like a little bit like ben's like i gotta go it's like I was like but I, i'll say this it was uh it was a little bit emotional and just it made me realize how much more I hate Earwig watching this movie directly after Earwig. Cause it, this was like, I was like, but was like, look at all this, like panache. Like I was like, look at all that art. It's just art. It's just on the screen and in the things and take it away and stick it in the things. There's no art here in Earwig. Sorry. I, I'm done. I'm not doing, I'm not doing another Earwig. I have not, I've not, but I've seen a really Ghibli film, and so I kind of have to see what is apparently their worst. So. Stop. No. Just stop. No, yeah, don't. I, I don't wish it on my worst enemy, Ben. I really, I legitimately do not wish it on anybody to go. Oh, look! I, I can just say, look, I've seen every one of their real films. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, and if anyone's actually seen Earwig, they're not even gonna kind of call you out on that shit. They're like, yeah, I know what you mean. Like, like, like I like even if it was like the worst, if this if you were if you did that to me at Pixar and Cars, I'd be like, I've seen all the real films. I'd be like, fuck you. Cars is not that bad. I I would I would have that reaction with your wake. I wouldn't. It's well checked. Do you want to do you want to take us out? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got you. All right. So thank you for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast. This has been Ben Howarth. Thank you. Nice enough to take a hosting over for this episode because I am literally exhausted and wiped out to the person. This has been Trevor Flynn. That was weird. (laughs) 
not going to acknowledge it. Cool. I like it. Uh, I mean, uh, I've been uh, a participant this time around. <laughs> I get a participation trophy. Uh, my name is Jack Newman. Thank you for listening to the Movie Gang Podcast. If you want to find out all our other media, head on over to the, the Tuscan Shed Media Network. That's where you can find TuscanShed.com, where you can find out all our other podcasts, including Animania and the Pen and Paper Pod. You can also find old podcasts that we have archived on there. They're not old. They're great because they're always the, the media that they consume is timeless. And so you want to check that out? You want to watch Game of Thrones? Go watch the Feast for Bros. You want to check out Deep Space Nine? Go check out Geek Space Nine. You can check out all that content over there. And while you're over there, head on over to our Facebook app on Movie Gang Podcast. And of course, on Twitter at Movie Gang Podcast. We're doing some nice Follow Friday promotions. Go check those out. We're going to be doing some more crossovers with some new Movie Gang Podcasts. Unfortunately, a lot of the podcasts that want to crossover with us are horror-based podcasts, which means I got to watch a horror movie, which I'm a little bit depressed about. And is now becoming infamous in the podcasting Twitter community that I don't like horror movies and I don't want to do crossovers. So we have to do them now because otherwise I'm a big little bitch, which is not untrue. Uh, so stay tuned for more information like that. And yeah, from everyone here at the Tuscan Shed Media Network and by extension, the Movie Gang Podcast. Thanks for listening. I feel like that was like 100% more like on it because I didn't have to host that episode. <laughs>